Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm Kirsten. Are we pitching this week, Kirsten? Pitching what? Are we pitching? I'm always pitching. When you finished last week, you said we're always pitching. We're with pitching. With a P. Pitching with a P. I think it said, I said, it's pitching. Well, something's pitching. I've also been thinking about, we need to say, let's pitch. Because some days I feel like I just need to pitch. You just need to get some pitching off your chest. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of pitching, yeah. it's another very big week. Now, would Huge we say that, would we call it the bod instead of the pod? The we bod? Go P, we go from P to B. Oh, interesting. Go, that's pretty, I don't know how, that might be too meta. Is that a little, that's like one little, step too far? One step too far. So, you know, last week we had the head coach of the number one team in the country, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and she was a delight. Had a great time. Fortunately, the Hawkeyes fell to the Ohio State Buckeyes and are no longer number one. And we aren't even new, number two. That we'll get to that in a minute. Let's relax. We have a new number one. It was the preseason number one. The North Carolina Tar Heels, the defending national champions. So we're going to have to have their head coach. The world famous Aaron Matson join us shortly. On the bod. On the bod. <laughs> good thing I'm we very didn't tell excited. her. It's a good thing we didn't tell her we call it a bodcast. I don't think she would have come on. I don't think it's gonna stick. I think we we need to stick with pod. Yes, okay, we are having you, well, you brought it back. I had let it go. I know. I just wanted to I wanted to get a chuckle out of you. Okay. And I did. I got a little smile. You did. But, you got, um, yeah. Yeah, we are very excited to have Aaron Matson on the pod this evening or this I I I don't well we don't I don't know if you've heard mm. but she's in her first year coaching at North Carolina. It's it's it, it's not a story that's gotten a lot of attention. She actually she actually used to play there. No, really. She did. Um and and she was very successful. Tell me about that. Uh won some games. And is now the coach. The person she replaced was pretty good, also. Mm. And has been around you, for a little, a little well, bit. You want to hear a crazy coincidence? The, Give it the to person me. she replaced, her name is Karen Shelton. Yes. Wow. And where North Carolina plays is Karen Shelton Stadium. Whoa. Would you imagine what are the odds <laughs> that the person that the, the this name of the stadium is the same name as the former coach? That's good luck for Carolina. I think so. I think so too. And I think have you heard that this is also I, I believe Aaron Matson is something like 20 or 3 or 22 and Karen also began her coaching career at the ripe age of 23 or 24. So, you know, it's an incredible story. I can't stop. believe I can't believe it hasn't been told yet. We've got no. the scoop on this. Is one. this breaking news? <laughs> breaking news, everyone. I look forward to breaking it in a few minutes. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the week that was. We have a new poll. Um, you dropped a spoiler alert without mm -hmm. warning. Sorry. We have a new number one team. It is the North Carolina Tar Heels. They move up to number one, followed by Northwestern, who jumps up. Uh, from number three to number two, they're 11 and one, and they're followed by the now number three Iowa Hawkeyes. Duke, Louisville, and Rutgers remain four, five, and six. Rutgers now the only undefeated team left in the country as 
Iowa left the ranks of the undefeated this weekend. Ohio State 11 and 2 and then the top 10 is rounded out by Virginia, Maryland and the Flames of Liberty. How about that? Uh nobody dropped out, nobody new joined. It is the same group of 20 we had a week ago. We just had a little uh, shuffle. Some we shuffles. had a shuffle, a little shuffle uh down at the bottom uh the Massachusetts swapped Lowell up to 17, Diet Massachusetts up to 17, Massachusetts Classic down to 19, uh, Albany and Cornell, uh, Albany up to 20, Cornell uh, stays put at 20. Sorry, Albany up to 18. Yeah, what did I say? You said Cornell up to 20. Well, I'm human, Kirsten. I know, I know. We all make mistakes, but I'm I made here to a help mistake. you out. I'm here to just help you, lend I mean, you I, I think we should let it go. Okay, we're moving on. Here's, um, I'm looking at this poll, and I will say, you know, all credit to Northwestern University. I think they play a great, great game of hockey. But I do, the thing I was counting up on this were those first place votes, of which we had 45. And may I remind you that there are 77 um Division one programs eligible to vote in this poll. Um, we're well, in the middle. Of the, we're this. in. We're in the middle of the season, and I Doesn't know that. Matter. This is, Doesn't I'm matter. I'm just saying this is like a presidential, just like a presidential election. If you don't vote, don't complain. <laughs> Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Well, I don't have a vote, so I'm going to complain. I'm not talking. I meant the generic you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, not yeah, you thanks. specifically. Well, and Those I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying that you're pointing it out. You're pointing I'm it out. Po- I'm just making an observation that the number one team in the poll does not have the most number one votes. Yes, that is another observation. That's right. University of North Carolina has 13 first place votes, and Northwestern has 15 first place votes. With Iowa coming in third with nine first place votes. And the interesting thing is Duke's number four with one first place vote. And then Louisville and Rutgers both have three and four votes respectively. So it's spread. It's spread. The coaches are confounded on who deserves to be number one on this poll. Well, it is the Tar Heels for now. Something that perhaps we'll discuss with coach Matson. Uh, what do you right. think about Rutgers undefeated, not able to make any inroads? Undefeated, and I watched their Thursday game with the University of Maryland Terrapins. Almost missed it because I forgot that Maryland pay, plays on Thursdays now. Um, but caught the game, and what a game it was. Like, they were very evenly matched. And for, I don't know if Rutgers, I could would say that was like, has been known for their attacking style, but certainly Maryland has been. And I think the game where it really shown was like excellent defense and both goalkeepers were amazing. I mean, some really great goalkeeping, amazing saves. So it was a good game. And I will tell you, we trudged through, through another two overtimes. Definitely a, a trudge, a slog. Well, can and I then just say ended- something real quick? Let's speaking of two balls. overtimes. No. <laughs> no, no. Speaking of two overtimes. Okay. Did you know there was a game today and it went to two overtimes? I do. On this Wednesday. I mean, not to not to steal a the Wednesday poll from you. Wednesday game. A Wednesday but the game. Princeton Tigers, who are in this poll, will likely not be in. They're not in Wait, this poll. Why no, I was going to say, say they haven't been. They're on not. I don't know Wait. why I said for. No, but they we've not. been talking about them for a few weeks. Pretend I didn't say that, but they did lose today in double overtime. 
But the reason the you want to the reason you want to talk about it is because they beat Cornell this weekend, also in double two overtimes. So on Friday, Princeton beat Cornell three two in shootouts. So then you're like, is this the resurgence? Is this it? Here we go. Princeton Tigers coming alive. And then Wednesday, here comes Penn, who is now 3-0 and, and in the Ivy League. What are they doing playing midweek games in the Ivy League? They missed know. class. Was there I not class was, today? Maybe they're on fall break. Too early for that. No, no, no. Too early. There's oh, no well, way. no. Here, here, though, Andrew, think about this. What's the driving distance from Philadelphia to I'm not saying they were gone tonight, but Wednesday afternoon, you're telling me they don't have class? I mean, what time was the game? It was this afternoon. Mm, I think the Ivy League has I'd to like sort to out speak, their priorities. I'd like to speak with the provost. <laughs> Maybe we can have them on the pod next week. The provost at Princeton? Yeah. Let's find out who it is. Whoever it is is probably more accomplished <laughs> academically than me. They probably didn't go to an SEC school. You know, we had an Ivy League doubleheader today. We had another game. Yale, you don't have to Yale. You can talk quietly. Yale defeated Brown 2-1 to one in one overtime. So on a Wednesday, Ivy League student-athletes played three overtimes. Tell me how that's good for the scholar athletes. Experience. The, the scholar athletes at I because that think about all that time that was taken up that they could have spent studying and furthering their education or just being in class. It's shocking. I'm shocked. You know, most appalled, athletes go pro in something other than sports. <laughs> that's right. Isn't that the Patriot League logo or uh, motto? No, that's today's scholar athletes. Tomorrow's leader. Tomorrow's. Uh, that's right. Um, yeah, but here's the, like the, so oh, the Yale Brown game. Well, I'm just going to say the Yale Brown game, which I don't think anybody would get super jazzed up about normally. Brown's well, having a pretty good one of us that Brown's having a pretty good season. And I watched their game, which also went to overtime against UMass and UMass won, but it was very evenly matched. I think it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a surprise to the minute women. Um, so well, good for you. Brown, Brown fell to zero and three in the Ivy. So, yeah. um, perhaps but they beat Miami. Not, they beat Miami earlier. In the, I'm just saying they have a couple wins that were a little bit surprising. I, I'm just saying perhaps postseason is not in their future. No, I don't believe so. What else did we watch this weekend? Oh, we well, you mentioned it. I don't know. It, you, I got a code request for my Xfinity login. On Sunday, I so needed- you watch something. Uh, on Sunday, what did I watch? Why did I ask for that? I'm in jolly old England. Oh, and I it was because, yes. <laughs> I needed to watch the Maryland-Penn State game, which was not on Big Ten Plus, which I pay for. It was on Big Ten Network, which I do not get. Why so would you I, I needed the Plus and not the regular one? Because the regular one doesn't have all the field hockey games are on the plus. Apparently, not all the field hockey games. I know they get a couple televised. I'm here's the do you want me to get on my soapbox? Because I no, will talk about the no. pink tax in sports and the amount of money we have to pay to watch women's sports. But yes, that's why wait, I want wait, 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 what? I have so many subscriptions to be able to watch these field Here, hockey games. That's I'm sorry, that's every sport. That's every, every sport. sport. No. We'll move on. It is, except for major college football and major college men's basketball. It's all on ESPN Plus and Big Ten Plus. 
Not all and of it. All, Big yes, Ten it Plus, is. I got to pay 40 bucks a year for. Okay. But I do it out of the goodness of my heart. Maybe we should start a Patreon to pay for your Big Ten Plus. Please. Okay. Okay. I won't. I'll step off of my soapbox. Well, also, this is, we are a podcast about women's sports, Andrew, so I would cool it. Um, I'm a proponent of women's sports. I know that. So, oh, no, I wanted to watch the Maryland-Penn State game. That was yeah, why I watched it. tell me about that. It was a... Uh, was it weird seeing Maryland play on a weekend? <laughs> it was. And I felt like it was a bit of an out-of-body experience for them as well. They're like, what are we doing? Why are we here? And let me tell you, I was watching that game and looking at all the fans in those bleachers and thinking about all the days I sat in that beating sun on those bleachers. People looked hot. You know, they got a new scoreboard. I know they talked about it on the broadcast Tur quite a bit. Vision. No, no, they didn't call it that. Yeah, it's Turp Vision. Yes, they Turp. did. Turp Vision. I feel yeah. like it's Turp Vision. Then all of the camera angles should be like low to the ground. Is that a turtle reference? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Like, what does Turp Vision mean? I mean, that's a normal thing, like to call it that. Like, I I'll crush Marilyn all day, but not for that. That that's reasonable. <laughs> Um, you know, the Terps play Friday, a, a Friday, Sunday schedule this weekend. Which so we're back to normal. I'm a little week, upset by that. Least. I was hoping that they would stick with this new thing, bring other people on board, spread the games out across the week. We, you know, we have a Thursday game this week. We do. One What's of that? our, well, it's one of our favorite teams, Lindenwood. Oh yeah. Who are they playing? Mary Maryville, which is not a thing I've ever heard of. I um I'm sure they're wonderful young women and they're well coached and play hard. Well, I actually think Maryville's division two. It has to be two or three. It is. It is. So I'm and they're they're a new program. So um Well, I'm we wish them nothing but the best. Welcome to the family. Welcome, Maryville. Um Oh, but we haven't talked about the biggest game of the weekend. Upset alert. Your Ohio State Buckeyes speaking about taking down the uh, the Hawkeyes. Well, we mentioned it briefly. And, we did and mention I, it briefly. I, I don't think we want to talk about it too much because what we don't want to do is establish the pitch session jinx. <laughs> no, we do not. Because we are we're not one for one. people. We are, yeah, we haven't. And we are not going to mention this to Coach Matson. But I got to tell you, if they lose this weekend, I think we're done having guests. <laughs> or we're going to have to start bringing the provosts on. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So all I'm saying is, and, and I, I'll be honest, I really don't care. But this weekend only, let's go heels. <laughs> we we need a couple <laughs> wins. Who are they playing? Uh, it's it's not looking College. good. Boston College and St. Joe's. All right. Well, Wait, I, well, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Liberty. They're playing Liberty. Liberty is very good. I know. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, I guess we'll have to watch that on Sunday. Absolutely. Oh, yes, we should. Um, no, but I, I will say I watched the Ohio State-Iowa game, and Ohio State did an excellent job of just denying Iowa's attack. I mean, there were periods of time where they just, like, didn't really cross the 25, couldn't string some passes together. And then Ohio State earned a boatload of corners I he looked it up a couple weeks ago, haven't since, but they have been leading the country in penalty corners earned. And then um, are they converting them? They are converting them because I pulled this stuff because I wanted to make an argument about how we practice penalty corners way too much. Um, 
given the effectiveness of most teams' penalty corners. And I used Ohio State as an example, and they immediately proved me wrong. Like, they're very effective on corners. So I think it's uh, – they uh, they played Iowa quite well. It was a very exciting game. So Ohio State with the big win over Iowa. Anything else that happened this past weekend you want to chat about? I do. So there's a couple. Oh, we were talking about Cornell Princeton, but in some A10 action, VCU beat UMass 1-0, and then your your Coastal Athletic Conference, right? Correct. That's what Get the name right. Sorry. Yes. Uh, William and Mary beat Delaware 3-1. So the tribe is now number two in the CAA, and Delaware falls to I believe five or six. And then in this very weird high-scoring game, Harvard who is now, what, number 13 Harvard beat number 12 Syracuse, 6-5. to five. It was, and I think maybe they played with two balls. <laughs> I mean, it appears that way. Although I think Cornell beat somebody during the week, like 12-4, so that was pretty weird too. But yeah, the Harvard-Syracuse game. I did not watch it, but it appears like it was very, very exciting. I'm sorry I missed that. Uh, tough day if you're a goalkeeping fan. Yeah, that's true. But great day if you love uh, seeing some people score. And then Ohio State on Sunday uh, completed the double. They knocked off Indiana three-zip. Didn't suffer a letdown after the big win. Uh, Out west, Stanford four, Cal three in the Battle of the Golden State. That's right. The the Battle of the Bay field hockey style. Mm Mm-hmm. So good for Cal. Um, And I got some shoots and ladders for you. All right, let's shoot and let's ladder. All right, so shoots. Do you remember and as, which is which? I do. I, I have it written down now, so I really don't forget. Um, okay. But shoots, as much as it, it really, it truly, truly pains me to say this, but I think Penn State is a little bit on a downswing. They dropped their game against Maryland two uh, four, and their next game is against Ohio State. So your Penn State Nittany Lions are currently five and five, and they need that win against Ohio State to remain on the pole. Here, do you know what Penn State's RPI is? I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Mm, I think it was in the 30s. It is in the 30s. Yeah. Which is not good for not the Nittany good. Lions. They are 30th on the dot. Um, and luckily, you know, an Ohio State loss probably won't drop them that much um, because Ohio State is so high mm-hmm. at number eight. I mean, really, their early loss to Cal, I think, hurts them because Cal on the RPI because Cal has also dropped a few important games which is just going to hurt penn state on the rpi yeah i mean cal cal is down to 53 yeah yeah cal is a neighbor with lafayette and columbia yeah we got cal dropping dropping a game to albany dropping a game to vermont and stanford so amazingly if we're going to talk RPI very briefly mm. owen nine mary mack and owen nine wagner are not at the bottom so good for them on the strength of schedule i guess that's interesting. Yeah. Um, here's my other shoot. And um, so I got, where are they right now? So they're at number eight on the coaches poll, UVA. I'm just keeping my eye on them because so overall they're seven and four, but their last seven games, they have a record of four and three. So they went, they're one and two in the ACC and they have number four Duke up next. Um, and then weirdly, so they play duke this weekend and then they play them again on october 15th so is that um, one of those a non-league game i assume yeah it is 
Um, but so I'm keeping my eye on UVA, but I feel like they might be slipping up a little bit. They might be on a very sort of gradual shoot. <laughs> it's not steep. It's, it's a bit would downhill. You say, would you say they're gliding? <laughs> yes, I would say they're gliding. And who's nice climbing the ladder? Climbing. I mean, I got to say, for the third week on the row on my ladder is Ohio State University. How can you not say they're climbing? Are they you just took down number on one. Rutgers with Ohio State? I am cheating. on. They're my new fave. Wow. I, I mean, but Rutgers, here's the thing is Rutgers 10 and 0 and have, they're the same. They're still a number six on the poll. And I think they were six. They've been six for when a couple weeks. When does Rutgers play Ohio State? Mm, excellent question, Andrew. Hmm. Do we need to go? Do we need to take big session on the road? Oh, that would be really fun. Uh, the 13th. So next weekend, they're at Ohio State, which is about mm, five hours from me. That'd be fun. Um, I mean, I'm just saying we get that Patreon going. <laughs> I know people please fund our travel to make, Penn you know, here's the thing field hockey cool about Patreon is we could get 10, Thousand people to fund us at a dollar or one mm. person at ten thousand. I would like that one person. Uh, okay, and here's where I, I think our Rutgers Rutgers isn't on the ladder, right? They're on their plateau. They're they're just holding steady. They're doing great because a bunch they're of their 10 wins. They're ten and zero. They're doing. They're better ten than and zero, but you're steady. okay. You're but only you're, like ten and zero. Hang on, I'm sorry. They're no, I know. I want on the road. Okay, but can I read you their schedule? Here are their wins. Are you ready? UC Davis. Stanford, win. better win. Use Cal, top team. UConn, one of the best teams traditionally ever. Villanova, okay, not great. Princeton, well, we talk about them all the time. Penn interstate State. rival, interstate Penn State. rival. Penn State, okay, yeah, top team. LaSalle, pride of the A10. You don't even know where LaSalle is. Of course, I, I've been to LaSalle. Can I tell you, they have the worst. They cut baseball. They did themselves a favor. It was the worst <laughs> facility you've ever seen. Oh. Maybe they brought it back. I know they were going to cut it. I think that, that that might be the top strength of schedule in the country. Those 10 teams you just called out. Yeah, we're I absolutely commend Rutgers. On that. I commend Rutgers. So I'm just saying kudos to Rutgers. You are the only undefeated team left in this country. In field and you know what? All but you can I'm do just is saying play the games that are in front of you, and they're doing a great job doing. Are that. you blaming the student athletes? They didn't schedule. <laughs> no, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just you, again, you I'm went making from being a Rutgers fan to having an agenda, an Ohio State led agenda. You've changed. I'm a fair weather fan. You know that about me. I yeah. jump ship all the time. You got a new baseball team this weekend. I do. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get a sweatshirt for the Braves. Yeah, America's team. America's team. And um, I think Rutgers is America's team. Good for you. I'm sure the people of New Jersey are going to be very happy to hear that you're on their side. My other ladder, we've dive, we have moved. Yeah, all, we, we're, we're all struggling place. Okay. Um, my other ladder is Harvard. So they're tied for number one in the Ivy League with the Penn. Crimson. Three and O. Yes, the Crimson. They have that big win against Syracuse. And their only recent loss is to Duke. Um, so they have St. Joe's coming up next. So that's a must win for them. They're ranked just above them on the poll. And so, they're 10th on the RPI. And I think they had a their one of their uh, attacking players was the offensive player of the week for the uh, NFHCA. Well, I mean, that is that is a big deal. 
It's huge. So, um, and then, so we have, those are shoots and ladders, but I also just have, I got a couple shout outs for you, Andrew. We already talked about Penn, so I won't shout, shout them out. Shout it again. out here. Shout Penn, it out. Penn, Penn, Penn. 3-0 in the Ivy League. They just beat Princeton double overtime today, 3-2. But here's my other shout out. Villa no-no. Just beat Who you UConn. were just crushing on Rutgers' schedule. I'm just, okay, listen. Will you listen? They beat UConn 2-1. So God knows what that means. And I'm not <laughs> saying they're I'm not saying they're on the ladder. I'm just giving them a little shout out. A that's shout a big out. win for the shout, that's a big one. Shout, I, shout it out. Shout. Um, but I don't I would really be interested to know when was the last time Villanova beat UConn. Um you probably find that out if you had told me. If that. you could look that up, but they're number two in the big easy tied tied with Liberty. <laughs> they're both three and oh. Pride. So of the I'm big just East. saying. Good for you, Wildcats. Can I well give done. a shout out? Sure. How about the seven and two Fairfield Stags? Okay. How about it? You didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't. I don't Just usually. Saying. You don't spend a lot of time in the NEC. I know that. I don't. Um, but will you, why don't you tell me a little bit about the Fairfield Stags? Well, they had a great weekend. Mm-hmm. Eight to two combined in their two games over Ooh. two powerhouses in Stonehill and Columbia. Okay, but I'm looking at their schedule, and they they played Iowa this year. See? Got on the field with the Hawkeyes. And they might have had a chance if it weren't for the corn sweats. No, they, well, guess what? The corn sweats were not a factor because they played Iowa at Albany. Yeah, but I, some of the, like the bus. Uh, yeah. It matters. All right, we are so excited to welcome to the podcast our second interview ever with the uh, newest head coach of the number one University of North Carolina Tar Heels, Aaron Matson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited. This will be fun. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. Up. Yes. <laughs> two weeks, two number ones. That's yeah, right. well, there you go. Hopefully, we're, we're gonna, we'll keep it that we way. We'll say we're that not, again next week. <laughs> we're not trying to knock anybody off, so... <laughs> Cool. Well, we're just so excited to have you here, and we're wondering, like, just to get us started, how how are things going with the team so far this season? What are you excited about? Yeah, the team is phenomenal. I'm so lucky. I still pinch myself every day that this is my job and I get to do this for a living, but also that I get to do it with the group that we have. Um, they, we, I think we've struck the balance, you know, for years now, but it's no different this year of working hard, setting high standards, you know, um, pushing the limits, challenging each other, not being satisfied, but also having a ton of fun. Uh, and I think this year it's it's the same. They work hard. They show up with great attitude, great energy. Um, they are applying what we're all discussing and going over in film and then, you know, putting it toward into actions uh, on the field. But then also they come out with a smile and, and they want to work hard. They want to get better. Um, they love being, you know, Carolina student athletes and uh, just getting out on the field together. So it's great. There's definitely lots of room to grow. And we have uh, the second half of our schedule coming up is pretty intense and pretty tough, but we're very excited. So you've made it through a summer, a preseason, and the first six weeks or so of the season. What is not what you expected? What is something that is is complete or at least a little bit different than how you saw it coming in? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I thought my world was a little bit bigger than the average student athlete just because I was curious and um, had a great relationship with 
uh, Coach Karen Shelton and asked questions, you know, and and all that. And then my world even exploded beyond that. So um, obviously this is lots of learning. It will be for years. Everybody's always learning. Uh, at least you hope to be. But it definitely was um, okay. I knew there was scheduling, but all of the stuff that goes into it. Okay, yeah, a bus just shows up and it takes us to the airport <laughs> and we get on the plane that's been organized. You know, all that stuff. Um, and it, it's the so restaurant's fun. just ready for 25 people exactly. to show up. <laughs> exactly. Like it just happens. Um, so it's been fun to, um, you know, be on the other side of that. And I enjoy, I am a curious person. So it's, um, it's been fun to, to, yeah, be on that side of things. So when you ask me what is not what I expected, um, well, everything, but <laughs> in a great way, in a great way. And I obviously had a great support system and was prepared for, you know, this is going to be more than blah, 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 and X, Y, and Z and whatever. So um, it's just great to be in it. I think I would say the first thing that came to my mind when you asked the question was how far in advance everything's prepared. And like, I'm a planner through and through, like I need to be, I love being organized. I love knowing what I'm doing on like, you know, February of next year already. Like, I love that we have to have it mapped out, but it really is like, hey, urgent email, we need your rooming list for this or what uniform colors are you wearing in your game literally a month from now. So it's it's that was one of the things where I, I knew it was, you know, planning and everything, but definitely amplified. Um, and and then, to the deepest level, like you're like, level. like all of the details, covered. food allergies, like mm-hmm. times you're arriving, yep. uh, when you have to get there to be ready for warm up. Yes. Laundry on the road. Exactly. Um, And the other thing, I guess, in a different kind of way to answer the question, but recruiting, I knew it was special. I knew that, you know, it's a privilege to go through the recruiting process and to have conversations like that. But I only knew it as a student athlete um, or as a recruit. And now, you know, going through all of this, but being on the other side and being the person in charge of having those conversations. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those feelings that's kind of indescribable and remarkable. And it's, again, it's like one of those things that are like, how is this what I get to do? How did I get so lucky to sit in rooms with, you know, these players and um, talk to them about the best place in America, you know, to play college hockey. It's just, it's crazy. So that's been fun. Uh, That was the other one that came to my mind is, is just how surreal um, some of the moments that were given are. That's awesome. Yeah. I think about when I made the transition from student athlete to coach, it was like that moment in Wizard of Oz where like the curtain opens and you're like, this is great. And then you're back there and you're just like trying to keep it all in the air. Uh Like, oh my God, there's so much going into this. It's crazy. Yeah. It's definitely fun. It's definitely a formula with no right way to do it. But yeah, that's cool. That's a good perspective to have because a lot of people have been doing it for a long time and no one's found like this. Season's going to be easy. Great. We just plug this in and there we go. Great. It's changing, adapting, having those conversations. Yeah, I just, I love it. But yeah. you get three hours every day on the field that I think probably feels the most normal. Easiest. Easiest part of the day by far. And I think and the best part. <laughs> the best part. Like that and even games. I mean, you're in it. It's, yes, high um, pressure situations and lots of preparation. But like practices and games, it's like, okay, this is where we just go out and it's like automatic. We don't even need to think this is what we do. This is what we're meant for, right? It's all the other 95% of the job where it's, wow, this is what it takes 
um, which is how's yeah. sorry. How's your whistle game? Like you feel oh good about mm. it? No, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know how to blow it. We'll never have to. My voice is loud enough. They respond to my have voice. You ever, have, have you seen the ones where you push the button? Yeah, I hate like, those things. On. They're so like, bad. If you can't do it, just don't do it. Like I'm not gonna like. I will. I'll give a little shout out to my first boss, Justine Sowry. She used <laughs> to yell so much to be like, blow the whistle. I know. It's bad because it's, it's I, just bad. Yeah. Cannot. But what she told me, it's up. it's not blowing a balloon. It's like you're hawking a loogie. That was her best oh, advice. Wow. That's, no it's good. Okay. If she ever gets a statue, that needs to be on the statue. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll tribute that one to Justine. I'm going to try that next time. It's but good. So, yeah. Luckily, we have. Um, the rest of my staff knows how to and does. And then we have managers um, who also referee and they're great. So I can just yell and that's perfect. <laughs> great. Okay. Well, and we were curious, so like early loss in the season to Iowa, how do we bounce back? What was the way that you, you know, got to the team and, and sort of motivated them to work through that little bit of adversity to be, what are we right now? 10 and one. Yeah. So it was um, definitely. I think it was kind of not on everybody's radar, but it was almost a sense of relief of like, okay, we've mm. won a game. We've lost a game. Now there's literally no pressure other than just performing every weekend. Um, and it was funny, even after the game, you know, losing is not easy for anyone, any student athlete, any coach, whatever. Nobody likes to lose. Um, I definitely do not like to lose. <laughs> and I understand now, you know, before if we lost, I could, internalize it, shut my mouth, not talk to anybody on the bus ride home, go to bed, wake up the next morning, still be annoyed, go to class, not, still not speak to anybody, and then show up to practice and just get the job done. Okay, it's behind us. Now, I can't do that. I have to be the one, right? It's any coach's job to, um, you know, act a certain way where there's still that belief. It's where the, the we're fine conversation, you know, we will get better, we will improve, we will use this to learn, but we're all right. All of those things. So, it's definitely, you know, um, just I had to take five seconds to myself and be like, okay, I'm really annoyed. I'm not happy. I know the girls aren't either. And that's not what they need to hear. They know mm -hmm. they're reflecting on the game already. They're ready to sit in the film room right now if we wanted them to and debrief it and get on the field after that and go to practice. Like it, they don't need to hear that. So it was five seconds to myself of, all right, how am I going to respond? And that's going to set the tone. Um, and it was great. I mean, there was no, um, it was, Hey, we need to get better. But it also from them was, we want to get better. We're not satisfied. It wasn't like, Oh gosh, the sky is falling. We are crumbling. We're never going to do anything. It's okay. The next chance we have is next Friday to prove something and to use this week well, and to get better, um, on the stuff where we could have executed, uh, a better that game. So, um, it was, it was all right. And I even yeah. had a couple of girls come up to me afterwards and look me in the eyes and they were like, we're good, Aaron. We'll be all right. And I was like, I, I know, like, <laughs> thank you. You don't have to worry about me. Like, I know we're good. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. And we're, we'll just stay the course, keep our head down, keep gradually improving. Um, but I think it was, we were all on the same page and our captains did a great job leading it uh, after the game too. And the way they acted um, and you know, it was, it was the same page of, okay, we know we can be better. We want to get better. We have to get better if we end, if we want to end where we want to be. Um, but let's do it rather than sulking and, you know, letting it affect and um, kind of linger on longer than it needed to be.
And so far, so good. Y'all have won seven in a row since then, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's been, they've they bounced back. And I think we have the mentality every year, every season of just taking care of the job at hand. If we have a good practice today, that's going to set us up better for tomorrow. And if we do the same thing, we're going to feel prepared enough in a game. And then if we just focus on the next game, the next one will come. So um, we've always, you know, harped on not getting ahead of ourselves in, in terms of stuff like that. Uh, so I, I couldn't tell you how many games we've won in a row since then. It's not important to me. All we're worried about is performing against BC on Friday. And that's, uh, that's that. And they have the same mindset. That's great. And I'm curious, so, you know, fast forward 10 years from now, what's the style, what's like the brand of hockey? What's the style of hockey that you want people to be, you you want UNC to be known for? Well, nice question. Um, I think that is why this transition's been, uh, I don't, I don't want to say seamless because there's always things you can tweak and improve and work on, um, but why it's worked. Uh, I have the same vision that we've, you know, been successful with. Yes, we can always do things faster. Yes, we can always keep up with the trends and see what they're doing internationally and bring it to college and all this and that. But at the same time, it's we want to play an exciting game of hockey. We want to play a passing game. We want high scoring team defense. Um, and obviously that will evolve with time and with the um, just evolution of the game itself. But uh it's it's definitely uh, just an exciting European play. Um, we want to be our skill to be top notch, better than anybody in America. But we also want to be workhorses who will, you know, put their put whatever it takes on the line to get the job done. And the, the coupling of that, um, along with caring for the person next to you and just wanting to work for the person next to you and communicate for the person next to you, all of that stuff. I think that's where we've seen the magic happen. So. I, you know, was hired and it wasn't, I'm going to completely change how we're doing things. It's okay. How are we going to evolve things, um, do things quicker, more efficiently, um, a little crisper, whatever that is, but we don't need to fix what ain't broke. And um, I think we've proven we can learn from wins and success. So our plan is to keep doing that and keep continually, continuously improving um, little by little and just simplifying things. But it's not like you're going to see a major difference in Carolina field hockey this year, next year, um, or anytime soon. You should consider two in the back. I've been pushing that for a long time. No <laughs> one ever talking wants about to it listen. for years. No one ever wants to interesting listen. Interesting take. Interesting take. Just oh, think he's about got a it. lot of interesting takes. Just, so you, you know, one night when you're laying in bed and you can't sleep, just think about it. Okay. That's well, all maybe, you don't okay. have to do it tomorrow. Two in the back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll play around with it. Yeah, if you're feeling really frisky, one in the back. There you go. That's, oh, that's, that's, probably, that's probably too much. That's Here's the thing. Close. If you have no defenders in the circle, you're not going to give up any corners. Also true. Okay. Also very if true. If there's no feet back there to get in the way. <laughs> right. There's two set of feet. feet. Not get in the way. And then the ball's in the back of the net. Well, that's a different story. That's oh, okay. okay. I'm, not I'm not the goalkeeper coach. I'm not responsible <laughs> for that. <laughs> All right. Well, last week, so we last week we talked with Lisa Salucci a little bit about. So we we have this thing. Andrew and I have been workshopping this for some time. It's called the Normal Person Olympics. So mm -hmm. we believe that there should be just one normal, average Joe person dropped into every Olympic event, so that people appreciate how 
because we got all these couch people on the couches saying like, oh my gosh, why are you so terrible? I could do this. This isn't that hard. So our question to you, Aaron, is if you were dropped in the normal personal Olympics and you can't pick field hockey, which event do you choose? You can't pick anything you played in high school. Oh yeah. So like something either you think you could kind of crush or like you're curious or I would love to do gymnastics and not because I think I could crush it. I think I would completely embarrass myself um, and become like an internet meme or something, but I think it would be so fun. Like how do they move their bodies like that? How do they twist and flip at the same time and then land on their feet like a cat? Like how? And we've, we've talked about like, you get like a month to train leading. Cause like we don't need catastrophic injury. Yeah. That used to be a TV show. Like do it, but then also film it for entertainment. Yes. Well, Kirsten and I, I'm hopeful that one day they introduce mixed synchronized diving and Kirsten and I can do that together. (laughs) I haven't told you about that, Kirsten, but I think we do well at that. We, I mean, we've got, you know, we've got the mind meld going. We're in sync. Similar body types, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then one other question. Um, If you were czar of field hockey for a day. Now, you can change or implement one rule that sticks around for the foreseeable future. I mean, that it doesn't go away when you're, you know, when you turn back into a uh, pumpkin at midnight. Mm-hmm. But you, you get to be czar. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you ours after you, okay. you tell us yours. <laughs> I have been really thinking, good. I'm just going to warn you. I'm really excited to hear. But I've been thinking since you, like, prefaced me with this before we got on air – I don't know, but the one that came to my mind and now I can't get rid of it out of my mind. And I don't know if this would be beneficial or if I'm just like, let's see how it would work. And I think it would be an absolute mess. But yes, I'm going to say you could sub from anywhere on the field. I like oh, that. We, we could have someone on the baseline. Down on the goal on the baseline. Yeah. And then what about a counterattack, jump off the field, add a defender? Like, how oh, crazy yes. is that? That's so cool. I <laughs> love it. Because we here at Pitch Session, we thrive in chaos. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm like, I, I my mind's like, what drills? Do I think you need to try this in practice. That's like, maybe really in the spring, idea. you do this yeah. for a little bit. Do you I guys host a spring it. tournament? Oh. That needs to be the rule. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell, yeah, when we ask to host the play day, I'm going to say only if this happens. And when you're, when you're adding rules, yeah, I'm we find it. overtime to be a little bit boring. Okay. That's what I, that's where my mind went first, but I, then this other thought happened. Okay. I like that. I like I where think, your mind I'm went. I'm just going to say the Big rule, fan. here, our rule plus that rule and overtime would be amazing. I, I need amazing. to hear your rule. Two balls. Oh, in overtime. Yes. Isn't that great? <laughs> that is great. Oh, yeah. Chaos. Yeah. Okay. Chaos. Interesting. Now, question. Sub follow-up. from anywhere and two balls. And two Holy. balls. But hold, do you, the, each team start with the ball or does one sure. team start with two balls? No, well, I think that's both a great. Does a, no, both team does a pushback. Both or do we do a one bully over two balls? No, no. I think both teams do a pushback and we're off and people are subbing from everywhere. Okay, wait. I have a follow-up question. You reminded me. So I was in an event last no, night. We, we and- asked the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at an event last night and I was talking to Anson Dorrance, who is our storied soccer coach here, women's soccer. Um, he's brilliant. He has amazing books, whatever. You could go down the black hole of Anson Dorrance and stay there for hours because he's amazing. Anyway, he loves field hockey. Um 
And he was saying, he asked me if it was ever a rule where from regular regulation, like regular time to overtime, did it ever go from like 10 field players to then nine field players to then eight field players? Mm -hmm. No, no, right. I was like, I don't think so, but that we've got a lot of funky rules, but that was never. Yes. We did talk about that. Every minute that goes by, you drop a player. No, 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 no. Or you throw in another ball. No, 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 no. You build trap doors in the turf. Andrew, you're and getting you're ridiculous running, now. And someone just drops. <laughs> okay, but I have an even better way to do that. The coaches are controlling the trap doors. You, you have a little button. For each other? You, yes. You displease me. See ya. I love Parents it. Parents ask, what happened to our kid? Tell I'm going to, I'm writing these down for the head coaches meeting in December. Yes, I'm <laughs> sure that this, these will absolutely come up at convention. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right, right, Aaron, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on to Pitch Session. um, With a P. With a P. um, And we're wishing you the absolute best of luck this weekend, all season. Especially this weekend, all season, and for hopefully a very long career. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a blast. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, Thanks again for thinking of me, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, Yeah. love it. All right. Well, that was fun, Andrew. That was delightful in every way. It I really think was. The idea of live subs is actually better than two balls. I'm not going to lie. I agree with you. It is uh, really brilliant, and I would like to try it. I'm a little disappointed I didn't think of it. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm supposed to do. That, yeah, I could tell that you're a little offended that I'm a that little better, annoyed. That was a better idea than two balls. Yeah, she and I are gonna have to have a conversation at some point. But I mean, two balls is brilliant, but that is that's I love that. All right, so, so. the the heels, uh, as we go ahead and look at this weekend, they have two games. They have, I think we mentioned it earlier briefly, ACC game against Boston College, and then they have Liberty. Uh, what else this weekend are you looking at? Uh, Friday, we have number two Northwestern versus number three Iowa in a Big Ten matchup. That, that is, is a uh, big, big Ten matchup. It's a big game. So um, I'm trying to – Olivia Bent Cole, the striker from Northwestern, is going to give Iowa defense a lot of trouble, I believe. She is excellent. Um, and so – and then we'll, that game? Um, that's a good question. I don't that know. That game is in Iowa City. Ooh, so the corn sweats are a factor. Although a cord, a cold front is pushing through the Midwest. Um, so First I snow think can't be far away. It can't be far away. You can smell it in the air. So that's my Friday game to watch. I also am, I got my eye on um, UConn versus Quinnipiac and some Big East action. Is that the uh, battle of the nutmeg state? Is that what Connecticut is? The nutmegs? Yes. Oh, then it yeah. is. Then it is. Uh, but UConn is one and two in the Big East, and Quinnipiac is two and one. Um, head coach at Quinnipiac, Nina Klein, is a All-American goalkeeper from UConn, so I think oh. it'll be an interesting game to watch. Would, would, would you say that's some added spice to the Battle of the Nutmeg State? <laughs> it absolutely adds some spiciness to everything. Um, I would say a UConn loss in that one, and that just about wraps her up. That wraps it up for because then honestly, if they lose that game, are do they qualify for the Big East tournament? That's, it's very I don't touch know. and go. Very touch and go. Very touch and go. Um, because right now they're dropping in the Big East standings too. So um trying to think who's because we got Liberty at number one. 
Villanova at number two, Old Dominion, Quinnipiac, Temple, then UConn, and Providence and Georgetown. So um, this is a big game for the UConn. It's not company you want to be keeping. No. And then Saturdays are Division Three. coining that. Well, Saturdays also for the Patriot League. It is. Um, but those Patriot League matchups, I'm not especially excited about any of them. What I am excited about is your SUNY Cortland Red Dragons versus SUNY New Paltz Hawks. Uh, SUNY Cortland's number 15. They're 8-1, and one, and New Paltz is 8-2. and two. So I'm excited about that upstate New York matchup. Are you really excited about it? I actually am. I'm very excited. I've seen both of these teams play multiple times as an umpire and as a volunteer coach at uh, good old SUNY Brockport. Um, and it's an, it's an exciting... Uh, it's an exciting conference. It'll be a good game. Okay. And then Sunday, we already talked about Liberty UNC, which I think is going to be a very good game. Um, I think they play similar styles of hockey. And uh, Liberty's number 10, UNC number one. So that'll be, uh, it'll be a grudge match for sure. But my other Sunday game to watch is your St. Joe's University Hawks are back on the game to watch page playing number 13 Harvard on Sunday. So out-of-conference game for both of them, but they're number 12, number 13. I think it'll be a nice game to watch. We've also got this weekend, we've got now my Rutgers Scarlet Knights. No longer mine. I, Who are I they playing? Why, Who why, they I got? Feel like, I feel like you just laughed at them. Uh-uh. Maybe I don't want to say. Come on. On Friday, they host Michigan and Big Ten play. Michigan Ooh. team that has struggled. Uh, and then on Sunday, they host in-state rival Monmouth. Mm. So uh, uh, tough which is always you never know what's going to happen with Monmouth to go to twelve and zero. Uh, on Sunday we have the battle of uh, four ninety five and I ninety five as the Maryland Terrapins with a rare Sunday game make 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 the <laughs> trek around four ninety five, get off at River Road, uh, and head to Steve Jennings Field to take on the. AU Eagles, American looking to get back on track. I lost to Delaware last week. Uh, they'll play Bucknell Saturday, bright and early at 11 a.m. Ooh, early start. So, and then they come back Sunday and host Maryland. Uh, also on Sunday, Kirsten, the battle of Philadelphia, Penn at Villanova. Oh, okay, Andrew. Because the listen. battle for the Liberty Bell. The winner gets a little miniature Liberty Bell. Um, can I tell you, so I had my list of games to watch and then I had my list of games to keep an eye on. Um, and the, the Liberty bell cup was on there as well. And then, uh, one, one, one last thing, uh, the California golden bears, uh, head East to play UMass Lowell on Friday. Ooh. Okay. Speaking of golden bears. Yeah. Is that a joke? Am I supposed to say something? How about them? What? Gonna... <gasps> oh, my oh, God. I mean, I set you up. I Can we try? Here, let's try it again. Try it again. Go, go. Kind of like how it was just naturally. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm ready. I'm ready now. Okay. And leave all of this in. All right. So <laughs> on Friday, the California Golden Bears take on UMass Lowell, Pearson. And speaking of golden bears, speaking of bears, Andrew, did you know that it is Fat Bear Week, my other favorite bracket of the year? Right after the National Field Hockey uh, NCAA Championships is Fat Bear Week bracket. I'm very Tell excited. Tell me about it, Kier. 
Well, the bears of Katmai National Park in Alaska are have been working very hard for the past three months to fatten up and prepare themselves for hibernation. And the National Park puts out this bracket where they pit all the fattest bears against each other. And it is incredible. You see these bears in July versus what they look like now. It is amazing. So I've got my bracket ready. I've got my favorites. I'm very excited. They, they, I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, explore.org slash fat dot fat dash bear dash week. <laughs> Yeah. Explore.org slash fat dash bear dash week is yes. the bracket. That's right. And you can see all the pictures of the bears to see how they've plumped up and prepared for the winter. So Otis, he's 27 years old. He's lost all of his teeth, but he's looking pretty primed. I don't know if he'll take the cut or, you know, take the title this year. He's got some serious challengers from 747, Chunk, and my girl Holly. She's always so good. Such a good mom. I, can, can I read the rules? Please. This is a single elimination tournament. For each matchup, matchup is incorrectly hyphenated. Vote for the bear you best believe exemplifies fatness. The bear with the most votes advances to the next round. Only one bear can be crowned champion of Fat Bear Week. Now, here's what I don't understand. Fat Bear Week is 2023 is October 4th through October 10th. Your vote decides who is fattest of the fat. Voting is available between 12 a 12 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern. You can't vote at night. It's the internet. Oh no, you got to see this. And I'm telling you, I think this no, is no, the I, thing. I, I, but why can't I vote at, at 1 a.m.? I like honestly, when this started, it's been going on for nine years. I honestly think it was just like so. Katmai is one of the smallest national parks. It's really low, like small staff. And I think this staff just was like, this is a fun idea, and it is very bare bones. So I would not be surprised if they have some very specific way they're doing this, perhaps with like a spreadsheet or some tick marks on a page, um, because it is exploded. And I don't know if they have the staff to support such a. Big... Uh, did you mention that 747 is the defending champion? Oh, I don't, I didn't. And he's, yeah, he's big. He's huge. And I love this. All bears are winners, but only one true champion will emerge. <laughs> now, have you so ever good. been to, to Katmai National Park in Preserve? I have, I have not. Um, I had a friend Do that we... went there recently, and it, it's like he said, it's crazy. Like you stand on this boardwalk, and there are literally like 20 bears just in a river, like, a hundred feet from you. It's crazy. But what if a bear came to to Illinois and said that about you? Like, look at all there these were 20 people. people just standing there in the room. I would love a grizzly bear to come and, and watch me go would. through my I life. <laughs> now, do we know anyone else who's been there? Anyone who we know who might live in Alaska? Uh, I, we know somebody who lives in Alaska, but I don't do know. We if know if that person's been there. been there. We'll have to follow okay. up. Yeah. Maybe she can give us some ins some inside well, scoop on who should win this year because that person spends a lot of time skiing in the alps too so she does. <laughs> you know i mean who can keep up uh um, maybe i'll i'll tweet about some things about fat bear week for all of where our, might you for tweet all of, from it here i will be tweeting from pitch session wait i gotta remember our handle pitch session pod on twitter please follow us get us up to 10 fall if you're our 10th follower you'll win a prize <laughs> Maybe you'll get a shout out on the pod next week. No, I think the 10 followers should earn a 10 minute video call with you. Okay. I love it. It will likely be my mother. No, she is always already following us. Thanks mom. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll, Crystal we'll share some information. Always, 
always at the top of the Gebhardt power rankings. Absolutely. And there's she's a lot of one movement. In my... there, there's a lot of movement in the power rankings, but she's a constant force at the top in she's my gonna power appreci- rankings. She's going to appreciate that. Yeah. Top in mind, too. It's tough to top Goose, though. Number one. Yeah. All right. Another week. Another week, Kirsten. And look at, I mean, so we, we got our microphones. Point, I think. We've got our microphones. We got our jingle. We got interviews. I mean, we're, and we're having pitch session meetings this weekend. We are in person. Yes. Corporate meetings. Yes. I'll need you to examine my microphone and make sure I did this right. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye, Andrew. Uh, was it pitching? It was pretty pitching. All right. It was pitching. All right. Bye, Kirsten. See you, Andrew.